They're not good enough to start. They're not even good enough to play. But they do talk a good game. So come join Lou and Jose from the sidelines where all the best sports discussions happen anyway. Welcome in to the Bench Warmers Podcast. Welcome into the program, everyone. I am Lou Ruggieri. That is Jose Ortiz. And this is the Bench Warmers Podcast. Wherever, whenever, and however listening we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to spend it with us we are going to try to make it worth your while season two episode 32 our 82nd show overall you can go back and listen to all of our previous shows if you'd like iHeartRadio, amazon anchor google podcasts and part of the newly formed odyssey lineup uh we just got introduced introduced to that is the right word for the to use in that <laughs> sentence uh i don't <laughs> i like that word though introduced introduced i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to use that from now forever i'm going to make that a word i'm going to submit that we have been introduced to the odyssey channel lineup uh you can also find us facebook youtube instagram at the benchwarmers podcast at the bw pod on twitter or go to thebenchwarmers.com benchwarmers with a z for marketing purposes please follow rate review we need all the support we can get. We have to look ahead to week 15. We have to look back on our picks, see how we did. A uh, little spoiler alert, Jose crushed me in the uh, the weekly picks. And actually, he beat me in both this week, in our in our money bet and our regular picks. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, make no mistake or give me a break. And that is our true-false segment coming up shortly. Now, we're just going to dive right in because we have a lot to get to. There's a lot of storylines to go through. It's time for the extra point where we go through each and every game and talk about your team so no one feels left out, uh, even though, as I mentioned every week, some of you should be left out. Um, the, the one big takeaway this week, and Jose, I'm just going to throw mine out at you first just because it's right in front of me before I forget, is the old Denny James coach saying when he was coaching Cardinals, he was talking about the Bears, and he said, they are who we thought they were. And this week, it felt like, for the most part, that every win and loss was basically revealing to us that, yes, these teams were who exactly who we thought they were. Yeah, I like that. I, I like your takeaway way better than my takeaway. <laughs> that's a really insightful takeaway because that's true. Every team. I, I thought a lot about it. I'm gonna yeah, throw uh, about oh, it. I can tell because every, <laughs> every, every, uh, you're right. All, but basically, every single result. With the exception of a few, like I think the Ravens, Browns, you know, the injury to Lamar Jackson, yeah. that that one kind of threw things off. But for the, with the exception of that one, everything was exactly what we what we would expect. And I would say my my big takeaway, I really was focused on the Bills this week. Um, you know, we we didn't we didn't really get a chance to talk about uh, the Bills losing to uh, to the. I don't think we talked last time about the Bills losing to. The uh, the Patriots because it was on I believe it was on Monday Night Football or or something like that and we just we just didn't get a chance to talk about it yeah it was on, it was last Monday Monday Night Football and then they've lost this week to the Bucks and mm-hmm. I just think that the team the Bills aren't quite ready to be among the elite teams in the AFC or the NFL for that matter it looked like they could make that jump last year and early in this season but when I when you watch that game. They just don't have enough playmakers on either side of the ball. They, it's everything is Josh Allen and whatever Josh Allen can make happen out there. It's very similar to the Ravens, honestly, in that respect. And yeah, uh, yeah, they're just not. They're just not. They're a good team, 
just not ready to kind of take that next level jump. And they look like first round playoff fodder to me, like a, a team like the, the the Browns or the the, the the Chargers or the Bengals can go into uh, the B- Buffalo Bill Stadium and, and get a win. Well, just a little foreshadowing for you, and we're all on the same, you and I are on the same wavelength, which should not be a surprise by this point, but the Bills may or may not be involved in my one of my make no mistake or give me a breaks coming up. So I had the same thinking along those lines. And honestly, I'll, I'm going to debate your point. We'll get to the game in a minute, but the Ravens-Browns, I think the Ravens proved that they are who we thought they were because without Lamar Jackson, they can't win. <laughs> so I think that went exactly as, as expected because of that injury and, you know, Huntley looked good, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's an MVP. So I think that game was as predicted considering the injury. So we'll get to that game shortly. Actually, very shortly. Uh, Let's just start. We're going to go right down the list here. We're going to start with my Dallas Cowboys. Not because uh, I like them, because this game was actually kind of frustrating because as we were talking right before the game started, uh, this was, they looked like they were going to blow the Red, the Redskins, the Washington football team out very early. And suddenly, in the last two quarters, uh, Dallas scores three points and Washington scores 20. So I don't know, you could say garbage time, but like they were only up, they weren't up that much. I mean, they were doing pretty good, but this game, I mean, again, it's a division game. So records go out the window, but it kind of felt like, you know, with the if you look at the talent that the Cowboys have on the offense and defense versus the talent that Washington has, and Washington's got some good skill position players on offense, but without Chase Young defense, they're really kind of pedestrian at best. It just felt like this game was not it, it should not have been as close as it was. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. It wasn't it wasn't quite the statement game that, that we were expecting from the Cowboys. You know, the, we kind of, I think we talked last week, we were just, we expect the Cowboys to just come out and stomp on them yes. and move on. Uh, but I, you know, we were talking, I think that there's been a little bit of an overrating of the Cowboys on offense. Uh, their, their offensive line, in my opinion, has taken a step, significant step back of this season. Uh, Zeke, he started off well. He's obviously either tired or, or battling some sort of injury, injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know the, the Dak Prescott's been okay. Uh, he hasn't been great. He's been good. I I'm actually starting to come more to your side on our Dak Prescott, you know, debates where he, he's a good quarterback and not a great quarterback. But in fairness, there's only about five or six great quarterbacks in the NFL. They just don't grow on trees like that. And yeah. I just I'm looking at this Cowboys team and just they're good. And if they get if on the right day they can be great, but they're just a good team and in, in a in, in a conference with a bunch of great you know you have the Rams you have the Cardinals you have the Packers you have the Bucks. Uh, I just it's 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 a it's a rough season to only be good. Yeah, and they're nine and four now, which is good. So I mean, like you you mentioned earlier off air, there's no style points for wins. So I, you know, but Dak has not looked the same since he came back from his injury. Um, he took those couple weeks off, and it's he just has not looked the same. It looks like he's just playing conservatively. He's making mistakes. He had two interceptions in this game. He was sacked four times. You know, he was basically a 50% thrower. He 22-39, so he's just very, very average. And, you know, he has a full – his full complement of wide receivers, so it seems like uh, he should be doing a little bit better. But uh, a division game, so maybe we'll just chalk it up to that. But again, you know, going back to my theme – they are who we thought they were. The the Cowboys, we at least I was not sure about them for the majority of the season. I was starting to feel it a little bit, 
in the middle there, but for the most part, it just seems like they're they might I mean, they're be. Still, they're still nine and four. You know, let's not let's yeah. not bury the lead. <laughs> yes, but all all nine and fours <laughs> are not created equal. So, all right. Uh, for example, our next game, the Ravens are now eight and five, but the Ravens feel like a stronger eight and five than the Cowboys do at nine and four, at least in my mind. But after this game, uh, like uh, Lamar Jackson was injured, Tyler Huntley comes in in relief and played played pretty well. I mean, he looks good. You know, he was he was 27 to 30, 38, 270 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. You know, he ran for 45 yards and that was just not quite enough to eke out the Browns and the Browns, the Browns played all right. Their defense showed up. I think Baker is who we thought he was. He, I mean, there is no more Baker Mayfield stat line than 22 of 32 for 192 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns and one interception. I mean, that, yeah. that is the quintessential Baker Mayfield stat line. So he was who we thought he was. And, you know, the Browns, I think this season with the litany of injuries that the Ravens have suffered are a better team because they're healthier. You know something? I'm going to say that you just coined something right on this show. We're going to call it a baker from now on. When someone <laughs> has 200 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, a very pedestrian, not bad, but yeah. pedestrian type of game, yeah. that's now and forever <laughs> a baker. It's a baker. And it's a baker. And that, yeah, it, it, you said it perfectly. I, I, I do want to disagree a little bit. I, I think the Cowboys and Ravens are are, are pretty evenly pretty evenly matched it, it would depend on the day i think i would if they, it was a neutral field i think i would take the cowboys actually over the uh ravens but that's not I mean, as as currently constructed with the yeah. injuries that the ravens have yes but if they were at both at full strength i think the ravens would would i mean i think that they have better coaching and i think that they have more uh, explosive players which is hard to argue that they don't have better coaching because yeah. uh, obviously the Raven, you know, John Harbor, uh, one of the best coaches in the game. So that's, that's yeah. be, yeah, the long story. I think the biggest story of this game was that, um, you know, Lamar, Lamar Jackson spraining his ankle, not returning on uh, early, early reports right now indicate that he's avoided a ser- serious injury. And he actually even has a play, chance to play next week. I actually think the big, the secondary storyline here is that the Browns have revived their playoff chances with this victory. Like yep. you and I both picked the Ravens to win this game, and if the Ravens had won this game, the Browns would be done. Yep. It was for the for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes. But now at seven and six, they they have a shot, and and we'll see what happens. Uh, but the Browns, in fairness, the Ravens they're not good without their starting quarterback. But I will say this all the time: you take almost any starting quarterback off like how good are the bucks without tom brady as starting quarterback that's fair that's fair i mean you know we saw what he, what they did with james winston uh, <laughs> yeah but, it's, it's gonna be rough but yeah that's that's a good point all right uh speaking of questionable quarterback play uh i'm starting to come around on your i, <laughs> I had a few moments in this game we're not going to spend a lot of time on it but Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions <laughs> against the Titans. The Jaguars got shut out 20 to zero. The Titans are now nine and four and continue to win, though I'm not quite sure how. I mean, they're playing bad teams, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, and we talk about they are who we thought they were. You remember when Ryan Tannehill was, was an MVP candidate last year and how great <laughs> yeah. we thought he was? Yeah, okay. Ryan Tannehill minus Derrick Henry. This is what he does, and this is this is exactly what we expect him to do. 191 yards, 20 of 31, zero touchdowns, zero receptions, and he ran for 30 yards. Not like, even a baker. Yeah, <laughs> it's just he's just. I mean, granted, you know, he's they're down. They're they're. I mean, Julio Jones, I guess, technically is back, but he's not been the same. 
Uh, AJ Brown didn't play. You know, Derrick Henry, like we said, is not there. So, you know, Deontay Foreman or Dante Foreman, however you say his name, is not really carrying the weight there. And on the other side, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I, I'm starting to think that what you've been saying might just be right. He, I don't know if he, it might, I don't know if it, I keep thinking it's the team, but it might just be him. Yeah, I, I, I say tongue in cheek, just joking around, just mostly because everyone, it seems like everyone gushes over all these rookies to, to, to draft them. And I'm just, I, I'm just constantly reminding people that most of these rookies are not going to be good. And in four years, we'll be like, darn, you should have just held on to your other player. Like the Reds, like the Washington football team should have just held on to Kirk Cousins instead yeah. of trying to draft their way out of it. Trevor Lawrence, four interceptions, another four interceptions. He has 18 turnovers Oof. this season. Um Oof. And that's all. I mean, I, I want to give him a chance. He hasn't looked good. I do think Urban Meyer hasn't done a great got, job coaching either. It's just a real mess over there. And, yeah. and so we got to give him another shot, another year. But not like the Titans look great in this game, but they didn't have to. So it is what it is. Yeah, they they Titans were not playing a good team. And uh, our next game, the Chiefs were also not playing a very good team. The Las Vegas oh. Raiders. Remember when Derek Carr was an MVP candidate after three weeks? And we, <laughs> I'll give us credit. We said, wait. A little while i yeah. specifically said wait till november it's now december and look where we are the chiefs are who we thought they were scoring 48 points and putting just a brutal beat down on the las vegas raiders who scored a total of nine points are now six and seven the chiefs are back to nine and four and looking like the chiefs of old uh patrick mahomes you know efficient game 20 to 24 258 yards two touchdowns no interceptions which i think is is the big stat there you know Derek carr kind of a baker-esque yeah. Stat line, 33-45, 263 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and four sacks. I mean, this this game, this went exactly how I think we all expected it to go. And I actually disagree a little bit. I think the, the, the Chiefs are actually, to me, looking even scarier than they have in the past because we all know that their offense isn't right. We all concede on the field that something is off, whether it's defense is figuring something out, someone being injured, offensive line whatever it is something is not right with that offense and yet they've still won uh seven straight or six straight games they are holding teams their, their defense last this week nine points they gave up the week before they gave up nine points the week before that they gave up nine points 14 points the week before that it's, it's like it just they're just their defense is stepping up and playing well and once this offense figures it out it's going to be very, very scary to play this team. Uh, I, I would be really – the Chiefs, to me, are clearly the best team in the AFC at this point. Yeah, and I, I couldn't help but think of you talking about their defense uh, in the first play of the game. Was it like a pick six, I think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a little bit ridiculous. I was like, damn. People need to start respecting their defense. A few weeks ago – I mean, I know you're, you have your love-hate relationship with the Cowboys, but a few weeks ago you said it was an embarrassment that they only scored nine points against the Chiefs. It was just like, the Chiefs' defense is for real, guys. They're not a bad defense. They are. They have done something or changed something yeah. that they've, they've gotten, turned the corner. A lot better. They're a great defense. Suddenly, yeah. uh, what a team that does not have a great defense is the New York Jets, who are now three <laughs> and ten as they got walloped by the New Orleans Saints, thirty to nine. The Saints are now six and seven, and you know, again, this game is they are who we thought they were because you know Taysom Hill not a great game 15 to 21 175 yards no touchdowns no interceptions but he did run for 73 yards on 11 carries and as expected with Alvin Kamara back the Saints are a completely different team than when he's not there 
And the Jets are the Jets, and the Jets are bad. So I don't want to spend a lot of time di- dissecting yeah. them because they are who we thought they were too. The Jets are bad, and they were without Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Tevin Coleman, and Michael Carter. And they're normally bad with all four of those players. <laughs> so, so when you lose those four players, they're just a garbage team. It's just wait till next season and hope that Zach Wilson gets better. Another two more. Uh, this this was the I call this the underachiever bowl because the Falcons beat. <laughs> The Carolina Panthers, both teams, I think we thought, I thought the Panthers were going to be something a lot better yeah, than they were this did. year. The Panthers now five and eight. Shockingly, the Falcons are six and seven minus without Calvin Ridley still. And, you know, Matt Ryan put up a, a, a Baker almost, almost to the T, 19 to 28, 190 yards, one touchdown, <laughs> no, no interceptions, but so he's an interception away. Cam, Cam Newton continues to be exactly who we thought he was. You know, PJ Walker got in the game and I, I keep, I keep riding the PJ Walker bandwagon, and I hope I want him to be good. But he's just not—he keeps getting chances and not capitalizing on them. So, I will say that Chuba Hubbard, in the stead of Christian McCaffrey, does look like a for real running back, though. So at least that's the lone bright spot it seems like for the Panthers at this point. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out some way to split time between him, between him and Christian McCaffrey because obviously, at least it seems over the last two years, CMC hasn't been able, been able to uh, handle the full workload. But yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not really much sure what to say. You have a, a battle of bad teams. I know the Falcons are technically alive for a playoff spot in the NFC, but anyone who's actually watched this team knows they're not going anywhere. So um, yeah, you can't get much more meaningless in this game in Week 14. <laughs> who who did we expect more from between these two? The Panthers definitely. Yeah. Uh, we 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 were both. I think we both had them retired, and the Panthers to us early in like in the offseason, if you remember, we looked at them as a team that one of those teams that had a chance to make a jump, where you know where you're like a losing team, and then all of a sudden you're battling for a playoff spot, and maybe that would have happened had that you know, like Sam Darnold got got injured and was bad for after a few weeks, Christian McCaffrey got injured, just kind of you know when you when you're starting Cam Newton at quarterback the, nothing is going well at the on your team and so that's really what happened things just kind of started spiraling spiraling out of control with injuries and they just couldn't recover yeah just a, a disappointing team and speaking of disappointments the last game we'll do before a break do you remember last year when the Seahawks they ended up 12 and 4 the Seahawks are now <laughs> Uh, God, they're five and eight. And, you know, they they did show up. They won 33-13 against the Houston Texans. But let's remind everyone that the Houston Texans are two and 11. You know, Russell Wilson started to look a little better, a little more like himself. You know, 260 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But and Tyler Lockett continues to be, you know, just amazing. Do you know he is the first Seahawk receiver with three 1,000-yard uh, receiving seasons consecutively since Steve Largent did it. I did not know that. That's a yeah. great stat. See, and Steve Largent, stat. the only other Seahawk receiver to do that until Tyler Rocket. So, and if you're Pretty. old enough like we are, you realize that Steve Largent was the greatest quarter, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time until Jerry Rice broke all of his records. Yeah, Hall so, of Fame. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I will continue. Also, the last thing I'll say about this is that I'm I'm just going to keep beating this this dead horse. But free Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Please let Brandon Cooks go to a real team. Put him on the Ravens. Put him on the Packers. Put him on the Browns. I, I don't know. Just get him out of there. He keeps he keeps performing, and it's just no one cares and no one notices because he's on such a bad team. Need to convince Brandon Cooks to lower his price tag then because I feel like a lot of these teams that you're talking about are probably maxed out on their uh, cap space. 
I don't know. Go back to the, he should go back to the Saints, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Like, just. I mean, honestly, for him, in my opinion, if I were in Brandon Cook's shoes, and it's easy for me to spend other people's money, I feel like at this point in his career, he's got to have made like sixty to seventy million dollars. I don't, I don't know exactly what his contract status is, but he's, he's had to make, He has had to make tens of millions of dollars. I kind of feel like I would be looking to to join a contender uh, at this st- stage in my career, certainly if I were Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as the yeah, like you said. Seahawks, uh, this was a game. If you can't beat the Texans, there's a problem. They're starting Davis Mills at quarterback and Rex Burkhead at, at running back. Let's <laughs> let's let's be serious here. <laughs> yeah, not not the greatest. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We have a few more games to get to in the extra point, and then we have to move on to uh, make no mistake or give me a break. And we also have our picks coming up. So stick around. A lot to get to still. Uh, this is the Benchwarmers Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Podcast. Follow along with us on the Benchwarmers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Benchwarmers Podcast, where being all talk is actually a good thing. Now, back to the action. Or talk, I guess. Welcome back to the program, everyone. Already in progress, I am Lou Ruggieri. That is Jose Ortiz, and this is still the Benchwarmers Podcast, Season 2, Episode 31 in progress iHeartRadio, amazon anchor odyssey google podcast facebook youtube instagram at the benchwarmers podcast at the bw pod twitter go check us out we are going to be making our week 15 picks very shortly we have our make no mistake or give me a break which is our true false segment jose and myself will make a couple statements and we'll either agree or disagree with the phrase make no mistake or the phrase give me a break so stick around for that uh, we're almost rounding out the extra point, which is uh, we go through each and every game and kind of give you a little synopsis of each. Um, we're trying not to spend time on games that really don't matter. So that leads us to our next game that really doesn't matter. Although maybe it does because the Denver Broncos are now 7-6. and six. Uh, They beat the Detroit Lions who are 1-11-1. I, I would love to know if any team in history has ever been 1-11-1 before. But 38-10, to 10, um, you know, this comes off the heels of the very, very shocking uh, news that Demaryius Thomas passed away this week yeah. at 33. That was really, really sad to see. And they did a little thing. I don't know if you saw at the beginning of the game, they did a little uh, kind of a – the Broncos had 10 men on the field, and they had Cortland Sutton. He had he was off to the sideline it kind of as a homage to Demarius Thomas. So they, had, you know, they went with 10 men and then they Detroit agreed to decline the penalty. And then court and Sutton came on from the, uh, there was an 88 that they put, which was Demarius Thomas's number. So it was a nice little tribute to a very, very, very yeah. good wide receiver and very good guy in the community. So it's sad to see he was only 33 years old. So best, best wishes to his, his friends and family. So that being said, I mean, that's pretty good motivation to come out and put a beat down on a bad team to begin with. You know, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater does what Teddy Bridgewater does. Very, very average pedestrian. Melville Gordon came back and after being out last week with an injury and played his butt off 24 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. So, I mean, there's not much to say. Lions are bad. Broncos beat a bad team. Yeah, I mean, Damaris Thomas, it, it, it was it was pretty shocking. Uh, and, you know, he's certainly one of the better wide receivers uh, that I've seen over the last, basically over the last 20 years. So, um, really um, very sad. And yeah, I mean, that on paper, I thought the Lions would, would be closer than this, but 
in, in actuality, the Broncos are just significantly better. And this is the way it's supposed to be. This is probably the closer to what the score should have been than what I was thinking in my head. Yeah, I mean, the Lions, I feel like we want to see them do a little more, but they also were out without DeAndre Swift. Uh, I don't I don't think that uh, I didn't see really TJ Hawkinson either on that field. He didn't. I don't think he played either. So, I mean, that's their top two skill position players for Detroit. So that's and they're not I mean, they're good, but they're not great. So Jared Goff had his work cut out for him even before, you know, the, the Demarius Thomas stuff came out. Another game that proved they are who we thought they were. The Giants basically getting blown out by the Chargers. 37-21. Justin Herbert. Uh, 275 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Austin Eckler, the most underrated running back in the league, didn't have didn't have a great game, but he had a, a solid game. Uh, two receptions for 17 yards. He had 12 carries for 67 yards, and a lot of a lot of random names in this group uh, for the receivers for uh, the Chargers: Jalen Guyton, Joshua, Joshua Palmer, uh, Donald Parham Jr. I mean, there's people that were catching balls that I wasn't even recognizing and you know Mike Lennon is Mike Lennon what can you say I mean we talked you said it earlier in the in the show that you know you take away a starting quarterback from any team and they're not going to be very good and Mike Lennon proved your point yet again yeah I mean the the, the chart the funny thing about this game was that it, like I, so I was watching this game and it was tied at seven uh, at the end of the first quarter and I was like oh my goodness like what <laughs> is this actually going to be a close game and then the Chargers scored 30 unanswered points over the next two quarters, and it, the game was over. Very predictable score. The Giants are just not a good team. And I don't know. I was I was thinking about the Giants. I don't want to get too – I mean, we're going to have all offseason to kind of break down these teams and get yep. more into them. But I just don't know what the Giants do. Like they, they, they've invested at wide receiver. They, they've drafted a running back. They have a, a first-round quarterback that they drafted. Like, they've – invested draft capital and actual dollars in making this roster better and it's just not working um so but yeah the chargers are clearly better than the giants yeah they're kind of stuck in that mire where it's like they're not bad enough to to tear it all down but they're not good enough to really make any noise so that's that's almost worse than being bad i think but yeah we'll we'll dice that up kind of in the offseason chargers scoring 37 points are now eight and five they look like they're getting hot at right at just the right time another team that's getting a little hot right now which is uh this this was hard, just so frustrating for me because i we so we have our money our money bet we take one game with with points uh just to kind of see how we do and we picked the same game except opposite sides and you picked your san francisco 49ers as you want to do I chose the Cincinnati Bengals, and of course, this game goes to overtime, which is very apropos. San Francisco scoring a, a touchdown after the Bengals scored a field goal, and San Francisco won 26-23. I, I, this game kind of sucks. I will tell you, this game is the only game where I, I was like, that's a little surprising. I was a little, I was a little surprised that the Bengals, A, only put up 23 points, and that B, honestly... Jimmy Garoppolo was able to really kind of hold it down at the end. And I guess having Debo Samuel back and George Kittle going off yet again for 13, 13 receptions, 151 yards and a touchdown. I mean, those two guys, I mean, that's like, it feels like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey 2.0. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I certainly hope so. I don't know if Debo Samuel rises to that level of Tyreek Hill, uh, but uh, George Kittle certainly in the in the league with uh, with with Travis Kelsey. I was so proud. I was so proud of the 49ers for getting this win. <laughs> like, like I if I could go and just talk to them and just tell them how happy I am with their performance. The you know first 49ers were up big, and then. When the Bengals kind of scored 14 unanswered in the fourth quarter and then took the lead in the overtime, I was just like, man, this is this is not looking good. This yeah. is not looking good. And I, you know, I've got to hand it to the offense. They just they got the job done. And honestly, I've been waiting for them to start hyper-targeting George Kittle. Like, what are you doing? Just throw this man the ball all the time. Yeah. Like, why would you do anything else? I you hate when you teams You don't need him blocking. Yeah. Yep. I, I hate when teams overthink it like that. Just give him the ball. But either way, I digress. Great win for the 49ers. Bengals, I think they're still, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're still the number seven seed. So not the end of the, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. They're the number nine seed. So they've dropped out. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's a bump in the road. But uh, the, the big, big road win for the 49ers. And then you get the Falcons next week. So you can kind of get on a roll here, I think. That's the uh, Kyle Shanahan Revenge Bowl right there. So <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I, it's funny to think both these teams are seven and six. It just feels like they've been in such opposite. You know, the Bengals were so high, and then the Forty Nine ers started off so bad, and now they're right, right on par with each other. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, another team that's seven and six and is shockingly so is the Buffalo Bills, and you touched on this kind of in the beginning of the show. Bills are feel like they're kind of in a spiral, and it is. They are completely Josh Allen dependent. And I was I was thinking watching this game too. I was like, what what happened to Cole Beasley? Remember in the first couple of games, yeah. he was like putting up crazy numbers and like getting, you know, 10, 12 receptions a game. And I realized too that Tampa is doing what Buffalo should be doing. And that is like Leonard Fournette last year was not a good pass catching running back. And he did carry the ball, you know, he carried the ball 19 times. But he also caught four balls for 19 yards and just he he's he feels like he's an extension of their passing and running game. And Brady just obviously Brady's Brady, but he doesn't make dumb decisions and he he lets other people win the game for him. Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen was the entire offense this game. He's 308 yards passing. He had 109 yards rushing. It's just and they have good players. I mean, they have, you know, Manuel Sanders is older, but he's still a good player. Stefan Diggs was arguably the best receiver in the league last year outside of maybe Devontae Adams. Cole Beasley, like we just talked about, was has potential. We've seen it. And Dawson Knox is a very, very good tight end. So it just seems like, I, I don't know, it feels like they just did nothing to try to improve this year and in, and everyone caught up to them. Yeah, you said it best. And I think we, we pointed that out after the draft that it felt like they didn't really address any of their holes. It was just like, okay, you can't run the ball. Let's not draft any running backs or improve our offensive line. You don't really have a lot of options on offense. Let's bring in Emmanuel Sanders. Like, it's just, and no offense to Emmanuel Sanders, he's a nice fourth receiver on a team, but he's not a number two, which is what they kind of brought him in to be. So uh, to me, it's just, they didn't do enough to address their holes. I think they thought there was going to be a natural evolution on their offense. But the NFL, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. And you can't uh, have your starting quarterback, not named Lamar Jackson, out uh, doubling up both of your running backs numbers combined. 
Yeah. Devin Singletary ran four carries for 52 yards. Matt Breida rushed three times for 12 yards. Josh Allen ran 12 times for 109 yards. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the, the other thing is, that, you know, they, they beat, remember when they beat Kansas City in, in week five and everyone was like, oh my goodness, the, the, the Bills, including myself, right? I was like, oh, the Bills, the Bills, the Bills. They're three and five since then with losses against multiple contenders in that time. I'm not, it's hard to really point out to one thing that's gone wrong with them. They just, they just seem to deal with inconsistency at random times on offense and defense. Yeah, they, they kind of feel a little like the Minnesota Vikings of yep. the AFC. Yep. Like it's just, you know, one week, yeah. week to week, they're just completely, Perfect. completely different teams. And yep. I, I don't know what to make of them. And if they, they don't write the ship soon, they're not going <laughs> to, the ship's going to sail. And the ship named playoffs is going to sail without them. So back to the Bills in just a moment when we get to make no mistake or give me a break. But our last game, again, they are who we thought they were. And I guess it's fitting that we end with the Chicago Bears because Dennis Green was talking about the Chicago Bears in that statement when he was on the card coaching the Cardinals. Green Bay Packers 45, Chicago Bears 30. You know, I think the Bears scoring 30 points is pretty impressive, all things considered. Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does, especially in prime time, 341 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And, I, you know, I don't want to belabor the point. The, the Packers are good. The Bears are not. So, Yeah, I mean, that's literally what – I have written here the Packers are great, the Bears are not. The <laughs> stunning, Packers, stunning yeah. breakdown that we have. Stunning here. analysis. I mean, Packers you know, but it's are good. <laughs> it's that simple. The 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 Bears got a few breaks. They got the 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 punt return touchdown. They had an inter, I think they had a interception return touchdown, and that actually kind of inflated their score. They really weren't very good on offense. Uh, there's just a long way to go. I think the biggest thing that I came, that came out from the game is that the announcers were saying the same things I was thinking. We're just like, is Aaron Rodgers actually going to come back? Like, is it chance that he might come back to the Packers next year? Because it's been looking pretty good. I, I don't think even he knows at this point. I mean, let's, I, I think it, it, a lot of it depends on how they do this year and how they finish out this year as opposed to last year. Although it's hard to do worse than the NFC Championship game. I guess you can only, you can only do one better, right? So. Yep. We'll see. Packers are 10 and 3, so they're looking pretty good right now. They're 6 0 at home, by the way, which is pretty impressive. But, all right, so that's the extra point. That's each and every game. You can go back and listen to all of those if you want, uh, see how your team was broken down. But let's move on. Make no mistake or give me a break. Jose, I'm going to just segue right back into the Buffalo Bills, like we were talking about momentarily, uh, a moment ago, rather. And I'm going to throw you my first one. Uh, the Buffalo Bills will miss the playoffs in the AFC this year. You know, looking at the playoff picture, I'm I'm gonna say they're currently <laughs> number seven right now. Yeah. Seven out of seven at this at this point. I I still think that they're better than the Browns, but it's it's really hard to. That's a really tough one. I I think I'm gonna go ahead and say give me a break. I I think that the Bills are better than the Browns, and I think that they're better than the Bengals. I so I think they hold on, and I know I know that they're gonna have to find a way to beat the the. I think they have the uh, Patriots the Bill, are coming Patriots up. coming up, so we'll see. But I'm I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say give me a break. The Bills make the playoffs. I I agree. I think they find a way to kind of. I think they get yeah. bounced in the first round, but I think that they'll make it. Now, I could see them beating one of these teams, honestly, on in, on the way to the playoffs, and then losing <laughs> to them yep. in the playoffs. Like yes. I don't think there's a huge gap between the Bills, the Browns, and the Bengals per se, but. I guess if I had to pick one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bills. Yep. Um, 
All right. So my my make no mistake or give me a break. Number one, the Packers are the best team in the NFC. I mean, they they beat the Bears, so I feel like it's easy to overreact. I'm, I'm going to say give me a break right now just because I still, you know, you still have to 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 be the champ. You still have to beat the champ. And the, the Buccaneers are 10-3 and three also, and they look like they're they're kind of rounding out into form. And the Cardinals, I mean, we I feel like no one's still buying into the Cardinals, but they're 10-2. and two. I mean, they're, and they might be 11-2 and two, depending on how the rest of this, this game goes tonight, but they're still up there. So I, I don't, I, for some, I'm just not sold on the Packers completely, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, make no mistake. I, I do think that they're the best team in the NFC. I think when you know when everyone's healthy, you know, that's that's the thing, right? When everyone's healthy and everything's clicking, I think the Bucks have a, a, a probably the best argument. But and you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks there, so no surprise. Uh, I just think the Packers are a little bit more capable on both sides of the football, and and so that's that's really where the, where the edge is. I think the Packers have a better defense than the Bucks, and I think they have an offense that can score with the Bucks. So, yeah, it's possible. Uh, my last one: two teams from the NFC East and the NFC West will make the playoffs. Currently, just just for perspective, the Cowboys are four and Washington is at seven right now. And in the NFC West, the Rams are at five and the San Francisco 49ers are at six. I mean, technically speaking, three teams in the, in the NFC, uh, at least two West. teams <laughs> in the NFC West. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, but no, I would, I would say, uh, give me a break just because I think the Washington football team is going to fall out of it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to hang in there. I, I think we're starting to kind of see, you know, see the see the Cinderella's pumpkin or you know, chariot turn into a pumpkin or whatever whatever the analogy is. Where it's just it was looking good for uh, for Heineke earlier in the season. It's just not there right now uh, at the at the level it was. And their defense, like you said, is not great. Their offense is not great. I just I see them not holding it all together by the end. I do think that at least two teams from the NFC West will make the playoffs. Well, probably three teams, but. Um, certainly not the NFC East. Yeah, I think I think that's. Uh, I'm going to say. See, the the thing is, because the Eagles are at nine right now, so the Eagles. Te- so technically, they could if they rise up. I'm still. It's still correct. Yeah, that's true. The, the Eagles East, could but, do it. But and I do Eagles think play I think the Rams. The, I'm sorry, the Eagles play the Washington Football Team this week. So yeah, I think. But I do think the Vikings are going to sneak into that last spot over Washington. I think the Eagles and Washington will cannibalize each other, and I think Minnesota will figure it out. It's like we talked about, like I said earlier in the show, they're the Bills of the NFC, so I feel like they're going to make it in and then make it out very quickly. So that uh, we'll see. Rates to be seen. But and my last one is uh, about the Browns, who moved to seven and six. The Browns will make the playoffs. Uh, and just to give the oh, go ahead. I mean, they're they're sitting at eight right now. And yeah. Yep. They have the same record as there's two spots. Two teams are tied with them. I kind of feel like spots one through five look decently locked up. Although anything can happen. Uh, I mean, the Ravens, if they, if they have a long term injury to to Lamar Jackson, certainly uh, could fall out of it too. Yeah, I think the only way they make it in is is if they 
end up beating the Ravens for the division because I don't think they're going to catch the Bills or the Colts at this point. Colts are six, Bills are seven, and all three teams with the Browns are seven and six, but all seven and sixes are not created equal, as it were. So I, I think I'm going to say you said they're not going to make the playoffs. Not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to say. Don't say they no. will. I'm sorry. I said they will they make will. the playoffs. All right. So I'm going to say give me a break. I, 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 don't, I don't see how they – I just don't see how they do it. I'm going to say make no mistake. I, I think that it, you know you have the Colts going against New England next week. Uh, the Bills also have a game against New England. When you look at the Browns, I don't know how many games they have left in the division, but the Steelers are not scary at this point. Uh, I would say that the Ravens, I mean, they've already, they've already played the Ravens twice, so they don't even have to play the Ravens anymore. And then the Bengals aren't particularly consistent so i think there's a few extra wins i i don't i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we see the raven or the browns get to 10 wins and and sneak into the playoffs either as a division winner or a wild card i wouldn't be surprised no i just i don't i'm just not sure if i see a scenario where that is more likely than not yeah fair enough so all right so that's make a mistake or give me a break. Let's take a break, speaking of, and we're going to come back, and it's time to look ahead to week 15 already. So still a lot to do on the final segment of the Benchwarmers podcast. Stick around. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers podcast. Follow along with us on the Benchwarmers podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the Benchwarmers podcast with Lou and Jose. Welcome back to the program, everyone. Already in progress, I'm Lou Ruggieri. That is Jose Ortiz, and this is the final segment of the Benchwarmers Podcast, Season 2, Episode 32. Go back and listen to all of our previous shows, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, uh, part of the new Odyssey lineup, Anchor, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We need all the help we can get. Uh, we went through each and every game. This week in the Extra Point, earlier in the show, we played Make No Mistake or Give Me a Break, which is our true-false segment. And now it's already time to look ahead. It is week 15. This is this season has flown by just like the show has. So without further ado, Jose, well, first let's look back and see how we did. I know you crushed me this last week in the picks in both cases, so I'd like to just get through those as quickly as possible so yeah. I can forget about them and then we can move on. Yeah, well, I mean, put your money where your mouth is. It's, it's really a, a, not a big deal. I... I as you said, I, I took the 49ers plus one over the Bengals, 49ers one. So I covered. Now I'm four and nine. You know, proper right, I'm four and nine. You are, <laughs> you took the Bengals minus one over the 49ers. Obviously, the Bengals didn't cover. So now you're seven and six. I think things get interesting if, for whatever reason, I lo- win this week and then you lose. Mm-hmm. Then things could get interesting because there's, there's a chance for me to catch you. Though you've shown a propensity to do very well with these picks, so I don't, I'm not expecting that at all. Unlike our regular picks, where you think you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we we're almost think, perfect this week. Yeah, almost perfect. Before we get to that, though, so my by week 15, put your money where your mouth pick, put your money where your mouth is. Pick. I'm taking the 49ers minus eight and a half at home against the Falcons. It's a big number, but I'm just going to go ahead and ride with the 49ers. It's really what it boils down to. Minus eight and a half. Yep. They're home or away? At home. Wow. Minus eight and a half. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, damn. The Falcons yeah. are bad, you know? So I guess that's what this is about. But 
Yeah, that's the, uh, like I said, the Kyle Shanahan Revenge Bowl. Uh, I'm taking, and I'm a little, I was a little apprehensive to do this, but then I realized that the Steelers are getting two points at home to the Tennessee Titans. So Steelers at home are a different animal than on the road, and they're getting points. I mean, I know it's only two, but still, that's that's pretty interesting. So give me the Steelers for the first time in a while. I don't know if I've taken them at all this year, so I'll take them with the points. I don't think either of us have taken the Steelers. And for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to go back through the notes. But, uh, oh, yeah, so we, we 15, uh, there's no other way to say that. I just got lucky and I had a really good week. Um, uh, barring, so I'm uh, before Monday Night Football, since we're recording on Monday Night Football and the game's still in the third quarter, I am 12-1 and one this week, uh, which is fantastic. My best record for those seasons so far. And you are nine and four, which is really a strong record. <laughs> it's really week. good unless you compare it to twelve and one. So, <laughs> so yeah, I was just on fire. Uh, let's this go feels, ahead. This, and... this kind of feels like that that fantasy game that you play where you score the second highest points in the uh, league. Yeah. And the only person to score more points than you <laughs> happens to be the only guy that you're playing. <laughs> doesn't that happen like every single week? I feel like it like... happens to be five times a year. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's go Thursday night football. We've got a juicy Thursday night football game. Chiefs at Chargers. I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Ah, at Chargers. I'm going to go Chiefs. I think the Chiefs feel like they're they're on fire. And I just, I mean, I've been kind of not buying into the defense, but I, I, I think you're right. I think their defense is a lot better than we give them credit for. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chiefs. All right. Raiders at Browns. The Raiders look like they're falling apart or have been look have been falling apart. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Browns. Especially Browns, at home. Browns yeah, Browns at home. Forget it. I, I think this is not a very good game. Maybe the second best game of the week here. Patriots at the Colts. You know, I like the Colts coming off the bye here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and it's at home too. I do know that the Patriots are going to just come in and say, we're, we are shutting down. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, and Carson Wentz. Good luck beating us, but I'm still taking the the, the Colts. I mean, the Colts off a bye. That's the that's really the only wild card because yeah, what does Bill Belichick do? He takes away your best weapon, and that's Jonathan Taylor by a mile. Mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson, can he hold down Michael Pittman? Uh, give me the, give me the Patriots. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. All right. I think uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones makes less mistakes than Carson Wentz. Fair. That that's that's an, that's an easy. You should go ahead and bet that prop line too. <laughs> I bet that that will work for you. Um, here's a get right game for the Bills. Hopefully, the Panthers at the Bills. I mean, you can't ask for more than that if you're, if you're Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, you have to go Bills. You got to take. That's got to be a win and a convincing one. And it looks like another team that might need a get right game next week. The Cardinals at the Lions. Cardinals are losing 27-13 as we speak. I think uh, in, Cardinals, in just, obviously. Yeah, the win-loss. It's just win-loss. So, yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals, easily. obviously. Jets at Dolphins. I will point out before you pick the Dolphins to win this um, <laughs> that as of this moment, every single Dolphins running back is on the COVID list. So, I, I don't know if that would impact anything. Probably not. But, you know, it's not like yeah. they had world beaters at the running back position before anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Miles Gaskin and uh, uh, Salvin Ahmed, Ahmed, yeah, are really blowing it up. So I'm still going Dolphins because their defense is still okay, and Zach Wilson 
is still playing as far as I know. Yeah. Dolphins, Dolphins. All right. How about Cowboys at the Giants in a game that will almost definitely be closer than anyone would expect it to be? Yeah. I, the Cowboys. Have, Cowboys. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys, but the Cowboys have a, a bad habit of playing down to their competition. So I think this game is this might be an overtime game, but I think the Cowboys will find a way to skirt by the Skinner teeth. And here, a game for a playoff spot potentially here. Washington football team at the Eagles. At the, I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, I'm going with Although, the Eagles as well. Although, I will say, they're coming off a bye, and I hope that Gardner Minshew gets a start. I don't think that it's been announced yet, but I think he looked more like a professional quarterback than Jalen Hurts has so far. So, and he was came off the bench and started one game without starting anything else this entire year. So, from what I saw, I thought I read something. I, I have to go double check that, but I thought I read that that Jalen Hurts is going to continue to be the starter. I think uh, I think you're right, but I I'm kind of hoping that at some point they get oh, <laughs> you know, because I, I also Taylor Heineke and Gardner Minshew I feel like are mirror images of each other that's like a that's like a comic strip cartoon or something all righty let's go ahead and go titans at steelers i think i'm just gonna straight out take the steelers here uh yeah. i don't know there's just something you know steelers t- at home yeah yep. steelers at home they're just the titans are kind of not playing that well not that the steelers are a great team but all right, worst game of the season maybe here. Texans at Jaguars. Ugh. I gonna take. God, I don't even know who to take here. I mean, if, if I, nobody if nobody watches, <laughs> does this game actually count? I'm gonna go Texans. I tell you right now, I'm going Texans. I don't even. I, I, I'm gonna go ahead just just because you picked the Texans. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Jaguars here. It's literally the only thing I'm. <laughs> just I'm just gonna take the Jaguars because. I don't. Ha- I can't make a because, strong argument for either team to, to win. <laughs> I could like, like I was like trying to make a, a narrative in my brain. Oh, the Jags will win because of this, and it's like there's just nothing there. And I mean, the Texans the scary, will win. The scary part is Davis Mills is a rookie, and Davis Mills has been playing better than Trevor Lawrence has. And yeah, so, I actually had that point, but I didn't want to pile in, pile on Trevor Lawrence because I felt yeah. bad. But uh, yeah, he's actually have a higher quarterback rating than both Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So. And probably doesn't have. Can the, can guess, the league just flex out of that game? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> like we're gonna play this game on Tuesday at six yeah. o'clock. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Falcons at 49ers. This is an easy 49ers pick for me. Yeah, definitely 49ers. Yep. Uh, we've got the Bengals at the Broncos. This is a sneaky better game than it seems like. Both teams are fighting for a playoff spot here, and the Broncos have been playing better on defense. I think I'm still taking the Bengals, um, but yeah, I'm I'm going with the Bengals just because I feel like they they you know Broncos were on an emotional high because of Demarius Thomas you know yeah. thing that happened last week. They're playing the the Lions, which makes them you know makes their win inflated, so they look better. And the Bengals are going to be pretty upset losing to the 49ers in overtime this week. So I think that they want to. Right, that ship as quickly as possible. Yeah, so we both have the Bengals. Uh, Seahawks at the Rams. I'll, I'll take in the Rams here. This is an easy pick for me. 
the Seahawks have been playing better, but yeah, it's hard to pick against the Rams right now. So this game would have been good had it not been for injuries, but Packers at Ravens, if there's no Lamar Jackson, which at this point, you know, when we're making our picks, we can't look ahead and see that there will be a Lamar Jackson. I think even if there were, I still probably would take the Packers. Yeah, I mean, even in Baltimore, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson seems to have a little bit of magic there, but he's not there. It's kind of tough to have magic. So the Packers just look like a better team right now. Sunday Night Football, Saints at Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Easily. The Saints did win uh, the, the, the first game early this season, and they, yep. they, they beat them twice last year. So perhaps there's, you know, NFL is all about matchups. So perhaps there is something. Oh. In, but still got to take the Bucks. Uh, Monday Night Football game here, Vikings at Bears. And I think I'm taking the Vikings. The Bears just look bad. Yeah, but, I got to take, take the Vikings, even though this is one of those games that yep. the Vikings, you just can't know which Vikings team is going to show up. So the only games that we were different, I've got the Colts, you've got the Patriots, which that's a, I'm really feeling iffy about that one, but I'm going to stick with my pick. And I've got the Jaguars and you've got the Texans. Everything else is is the same. Uh, my record right now, I didn't. I forgot to say, I'm one seventeen seventy five and one, and you are one thirteen seventy nine and one. So we were right there. But it's still still a lot of games left to play. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I can make a little gain a little ground this week, and you won't go almost perfect again. That'd be nice. <laughs> so all right, then that's that's the show. Let's uh, wrap it up. This has been the Benchwarmers Podcast, Season Two, Episode Thirty Two. Go back and listen to all of our previous shows and the beginning of the show. If you'd like iHeartRadio, Amazon anchor proudly part of the odyssey lineup. Now Google podcast, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram at the bench podcast at the BW pod on Twitter. And that's going to do it. So for Jose Ortiz, I am the jury and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. to start they're not even good enough to play but they do talk a good game so come join lou and jose from the sidelines where all the best sports discussions happen anyway welcome in to the bench warmers podcast welcome into the program everyone i am lou Ruggieri. that is jose ortiz and this is bench warmers podcast wherever whenever and however happen to be accessing our lovely program we appreciate you spending some time with us we are going to try to make it worth your while. We uh, had a bye week last week. Uh, Jose and I both had uh, some extracurricular things to take care of, and so we had the week off. So we're going to play catch-up. You can go and listen to all of our previous shows. Uh, not last week, because we weren't here. But you can find every all the other weeks on iHeartRadio, Amazon. We're on Anchor, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're on something called Radio Public and Breaker.audio. If you'd like to check them out, too, they have fun little apps that you can play around with they're pretty user friendly facebook youtube instagram at the benchwarmers podcast at the bw pod on twitter or go to thebenchwarmers.com benchwarmers with a z for all things show related and links to all of those aforementioned social media outlets uh we're gonna look forward we have to make our week 14 picks season is 
coming to a close, and it's yeah. going to be a nail-biter down, down the stretch. Very exciting. Uh, make no mistake or give me a break is back, our favorite little true-false game, so we'll get to that in a bit. And now, I mean, the big the big segment of the show is the extra point. And, Jose, before we jump into the extra point, uh, first of all, I want to ask what your big takeaway was for week 13. And also, how was your week off? Well, the week off was was nice. It was it was just nice to honestly just get a Monday to just <laughs> sit around and uh, watch some football and then do other things like that. So, I, yeah, I definitely really appreciated the, the time off. Um, didn't do anything overly exciting other than just watch football. Yeah, I will say uh, my big takeaway. I think I kind of hinted at it last time we talked. It's time to stop sleeping on this on the Chiefs' defense. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I feel like. Over the past five, we uh, the you know the narrative on the team heading into the season was that they were an offensive team and their defense was wasn't very good and it was playing out that way early on in the season. But the last five games, uh, where the Chiefs' offense has actually been struggling somewhat, mm-hmm. their defense has really picked up the slack. And I actually think this makes them an even an even scarier team as we uh, get close to the postseason. Yeah, there there may or may not be a make no mistake or give me a break. Uh, based off of the Chiefs, actually. Uh, just a little foreshadowing, so stick around for that. Uh, my big takeaway, I mean, I, I had a good week off. I, I had to work, uh, so I made money, and money is always good, so it helps keep the show rolling, so what I call just sometimes a, a necessary evil. Uh, my one big takeaway was very simply, good for Detroit. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Detroit in a little while. I know it's a game that didn't matter, you know, I mean, it mattered well, for Minnesota. It yeah. didn't really matter for Detroit, but it did matter for Detroit. And just that game was as good a game as sort of a somewhat not meaningless game, but sort of a second tier game, I'll say, could be. Mm-hmm. And that was as good as it gets. We'll get to that in a little bit. But just I'm just happy to see them get a win. I, I really am. You know, Jared Goff, I feel like, you know, he's gotten the short end of the stick for a while. He's He's not he's not great, but I don't think he's as bad as people think he is. And that team just that team deserved a win. So I was very happy. That was my one big takeaway is just good for them. So we'll get to that in a bit, but let's go through all the other games, uh, right? Let's run right down the list. We're going to start off and we'll break this up. We'll probably do this in two segments because there's a lot to get to, but we'll start off with my Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night, uh, bouncing back from that, uh, atrocity of a loss to the Raiders on Thanksgiving. <laughs> The beat the New Orleans Saints 27-17. Taysom Hill, not a great game in his first start this season. Four interceptions. Uh, Trayvon Diggs proving that he is probably going to be the defensive player of the year. Uh, Just reeling in a couple more interceptions. Dak played well. Not great. Not bad. He threw 40 times, which I thought was a little overkill. He threw a touchdown and a pick. Tony Pollard. I will say Tony Pollard. You know, I talk about Austin Eckler being the most underrated undervalued running back in the league. Tony Pollard is very quietly creeping up that list. He may be the most val not the most valuable, but the best value at running back because he makes, I think, something like seven hundred grand a year and Zeke makes fourteen million. <laughs> he had much he had way better stats than Zeke did. So happy to see the Cowboys get back on the wagon of winning uh, eight and four. They're now four and two away and the saints dropped to five and seven. They're two and four at home. Yeah. Saints really just have no offensive weapons. Uh, that, I mean, it's really, you know, there was no Kamara. Uh, Mark Ingram is okay, you know, but he, he's not great. They, they don't really have a, a strong receiver core. So there no was, Thomas. 
no Michael Thomas, but even beyond, they don't really have a good number two receiver. It's just really just a, a bunch of average to below average players on offense. And the Cowboys did what they were supposed to do. It's a nice bounce back win for the Cowboys. Definitely a game they should have won, but it's also a critical win because they only have a two game lead over the Washington football team. There's yep. five games left to play the season. So um, I will say that the Cowboys still don't seem quite right on offense. I think you touched on it a little bit with, uh, Dak not having the greatest game. I think Zeke. I mean, I, there was some whispers at the end of the uh, heading into Week 13, I should say, that he was going to sit and they were going to give give him some time to rest. And then Jerry Jones said he's not resting at all. <laughs> and I kind of feel like maybe he's just not 100. percent He's, you know, there's more to the game than just yardage and, and touchdowns. You know, picking up blocks, things like that. I'm sure Zeke really helps in a lot of different ways. Uh, but he just doesn't look as explosive as he did earlier in the season. And, I, you know, at this time of year, it, it, it might not be a bad idea, especially with a team like the Cowboys who are thinking about the postseason. It may not be a bad idea to give him a game off or one game off and just rely on Pollard for one game. Uh, that that would be my one thought there. Just give, give Zeke a breather. Obviously, he needs it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you have you have a guy in Pollard who is more than capable of of carrying the load at least for – a little while and it seems like yeah it does seem like Zeke and Dak both just seem a little bit off that Dak yep. has just not seemed quite right since he came back uh from that little injury he had and mm-hmm. Zeke seemed like he's I mean he's a running back so he's gonna get banged up so I agree I mean it, you know they're eight and four so they do have a two-game lead it's not it's not crazy big over Washington but it might be it's you have to think long term so I agree uh next up the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, we touched on them earlier. Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Denver Broncos 22-6. to This game was was not not a whole lot of fun to watch, honestly. Kansas City now 8-4. and four. Denver drops to 6-6. Six and six. Patrick Mahomes, not a good game, uh, but they still got the win. 183 yards, uh, one interception, no, no passing touchdowns. He did rush for one, but... Overall, like you touched on in your takeaway, the the Kansas City defense showed up in this game pretty pretty big. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's some sort of injury somewhere uh, on the on the Chiefs' offense. It just I, I just don't understand what happened. It, it seems like they've kind of fallen off of a cliff over the last few weeks. Where just they were doing great early in the season, then it just kind of fell apart. And I'm not really sure they haven't gotten it quite right on offense yet, but. Defense last, but they've won five straight games. No one has scored more than 14 points again against them during that span. It's hard to lose football games when your defense is not giving up more than 14 points. Uh, so I, this is a team that I'm officially kind of worried about. Uh, well, I'm you know like as, as a threat, maybe even the top threat in the AFC. And then you look at the Broncos. All I can say about the Broncos is they really need to upgrade at quarterback because they have a roster that can win right now. Yes. If they can get it right at quarterback. Uh, yeah, and their defense is, is I mean, not in this game, but overall it's pretty solid top to bottom. I mean, they have a, a lot of good players. Patrick Sartan, great cornerback. Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb is still there. I mean, they lost Von Miller, obviously, but they have they got some draft picks out of it. And their offense is loaded. You're right. Javante Williams looked really good as the kind of the lone back in this game. Yep. Jerry Judy, solid and improving. Noah Fant is good. You know, Tim Patrick kind of fell off. He had that crazy good game against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, and then he's just kind of been quiet ever since. But I think, yeah, Bridgewater is the weak link there, and he's he's 
his namesake, you know, he's a bridge quarterback, I think. And it's time to get over the bridge and get somebody who can, you know, it's not quite as, as obvious as the Tim Tebow to Peyton Manning, but they need that. It feels like they could make yeah. that kind of, that kind of jump, you know, from Bridgewater being kind of a so-so mediocre quarterback to, I mean, who could they, who knows? I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe Russell like, Wilson, maybe, uh, who, you know, there's a bunch of different guys out there that might show up here. Even, even a guy like Matt Ryan, I think might improve, you know, with the talent that's around him. I was thinking about Matt Ryan. I was wondering if if we, if we wonder if it, or, you know, has he just gotten worse? Because he hasn't looked great this season either, right? It's not like it's not like it's all been the offense around him. He hasn't looked great uh, at times. Yeah. I, I mean, the dream is to get Aaron Rodgers, right? That's that's the dream maneuver where, hey, you you do it, and you and you probably don't even have to trade for him because yeah. I don't think he's coming back next year. So you just say, hey, we'll give you anything that we will rework every deal on our team yeah. to get you into this roster, whatever you want. But I think there's a lot of teams that might be having the same feeling about that as well. So, yeah, I mean, but there are, the Broncos are in the AFC, and I think Green mm-hmm. Bay's been pretty adamant about not trading Rodgers within the NFC because they don't want to suffer his wrath. Because I guess they know him pretty well. <laughs> so it's it's it might be more more possible than we realize. So stay tuned for that. We touched on my Cowboys winning. Now, Jose, I'm sorry to do this, but we're going to touch on your 49ers losing in. What I thought was a shocking loss, honestly. I mean, I know it's a division game, but they lost to the Seahawks 30 to 23. Uh, Niners are now six and six. Seattle is now four and eight. Uh, Russell Wilson looked better. You know, he was 30 to 37. He had two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, your your buddy Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 of 30, 299 yards, two and two touchdown interceptions. And I will say that this team is shockingly better the Niners I mean with George Kittle on the field and I know that seems kind of obvious but he just could not be stopped some of those plays that he made were just absolutely insane he had nine receptions for 181 yards two touchdowns he had a long reception of 48 yards and he's a tight end it was it was impressive and I I was very surprised that the Seahawks were able to pull his victory out yeah, and I think the 49ers were clearly missing Debo Samuel on offense. They they lack a little bit of a explosiveness. Uh, he just brings such an a just a, a different element to their offense. Yeah. But like we were talking about this uh, before we got started, just feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is just not the type of like when he throws an intercept, it feels like. And I would I probably should go and vet this and see what their record is in games where he throws interceptions because mm-hmm. it just feels like you can't overcome it. You just He's not, you know, if Aaron Rodgers throws two picks, you know he's got, he, he can get you a touchdown in one play. Like, you know how good he is. It just, it feels like when the, the that Garoppolo, Jimmy G has to play perfect football for the 49ers to really have a shot. Uh, and, and he didn't play perfect football. We didn't have Debo out there to, to kind of lessen the blow. And yeah, I think the Seahawks, it's just a kind of a divisional thing. Seahawks seem to have, play well against the 49ers and honestly this is just it's mostly disappointing because the 49ers really had an opportunity to solidify themselves in the postseason where yep. you know you win this game now you're seven and five and and really looking strong to to be a wild card team so now all of a sudden you're clinging to the final spot so really a wasted opportunity against a team the Seahawks looked like they were, they were falling apart so I, yep. I don't yeah, it's just a really disappointing 
really was and close. they and they had a chance at the end. I mean, they could have tied yeah. the game up, and it just it just was not there. And yeah, you have to think that if if Debo was on the field, that 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 result might have changed at the end. And yep. it was nice to see Adrian Peterson on the field. Uh, I, you know, it feels like if this was ten years ago, this would have been a, a crazy good signing. Uh, you know, he did not have a great game, but he did have a touchdown and some historical of, of st- historical significance. Excuse me, it scored his 126th. Uh, touchdown, which ties Jim Brown for 10th all-time oh. in rushing touchdowns. So congrats to him. I think they kept trying to get him another one, and it just was not working. So hopefully uh, he'll get it next week, maybe. So good for him. In another division game that came down to the wire, Baltimore Ravens losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers 20-19 to in what was a very, very, very questionable call by John Harbaugh to go for two at the end instead of go for the, going for the tie. Uh, I, I, I don't – I get it. I mean, I, I applaud it, and I guess if they made it, that would have been – you know, we're having a different conversation. But I, I don't know why you don't go for the tie there because you have the best kicker in NFL history on your side. So it's not like the Pittsburgh Steelers were just all of a sudden – I mean, they, they scored – 17 points in the fourth quarter after scoring three in the first three quarters. But I mean, the Ravens still, it just felt like it, they would have been able to kind of right the ship in overtime and get at least, you know, Justin Tucker within winning the game distance, which is almost just half, half the field. So very surprising. Yeah. I, I hate it when coaches go for, for the two point conversion when the game is on the line and you can just kick the extra point and tie the game to go to overtime. I know that it's only two yards out, and you're saying, hey, our offense can't be stopped. We can get two yards. But if you can, like, if that was the case and your offense was that reliable, you wouldn't only have 19 points. And the Ravens had 19 points at the time because their offense had been inconsistent, because their offense had been unreliable. And then instead of going to the unit that had been the most reliable for you this throughout the game, and honestly, throughout the season, your defense, instead of going and say, hey, we're going to kick tie this game. And we're going to trust the defense to make a stop against a Steelers team that's not moving the ball up and down the field. I I just don't. I mean, I understand you want to get the win, and you're right. If 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 we if he gets the win, we're like, oh, what a gutsy call. You know, he he really believed in his offense. But I just I, I just think you got to kick the field goal. Give your team a chance uh, to to win. And don't be in such a rush to win. Just give your team a chance to go to overtime and and and. and be the better team, which I felt like they had been for most of that game. They were better than the Steelers, but somehow the Steelers found the way. Yeah, and it felt like with Lamar Jackson, you know, he he does give you a chance, especially from you know two yards out. But and and it, to be fair, I mean, he did throw a pass that you know was, what two inches short of being caught by Mark Andrews going into the end zone yeah. for the conversion. But it just, I felt like this winning this game was more important to the Ravens than maybe, I mean, I guess maybe not because the Steelers now are actually in playoff contention, but I felt like the Ravens had more to lose by losing this game because then they lose their stranglehold on the number one seed in the AFC. And, and it just, I don't know. It just struck me as very, very questionable. I don't, I don't know. I guess I could see if the Steelers were playing, say, I don't know, Detroit, you know, or just a team that has nothing. They have nothing, literally have nothing to lose because they're already out of it. You know, why not go for two? Screw it. Just let's just, you know, win or die. And that's not what happened. But the Ravens, you have to play smart. I mean, not being nine and what, nine to three would have been is is more important than 
I, I don't know. It, it, the whole thing just was very surprising to me. Yeah, I can see it from the standpoint if you're a losing team and you're going against a team that's a winning team and say, like, hey, listen, we, we, we got, we've got a chance to get a win right now. Let's go ahead and go for it. But the Ravens, you're, you're, uh, you're heading to the playoffs. Just play for the long, just play for the long win. Uh, speaking of a team that is not making the playoffs and losing, the Jacksonville Jaguars dropped uh, a – I guess this was a pretty anticipated score. They lost to the L.A. Rams 37-7. Uh, Jacksonville now 2-10. and Los Angeles now 8-4. and It feels like the Rams kind of got back on uh, the winning streak that they've been on. Matt Stafford looked a lot more like himself, 295 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, not not a great game, uh, as you might expect against the Rams. Uh, 16 to 28, 145 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Just not not great overall. Sony Michelle actually had a surprisingly good game. 24 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. And Cooper Cup does what Cooper Cup has been doing all season: eight receptions for 129 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, this game pretty much went as expected. Yeah, but I, I don't want to take it for granted. The Rams had lost three consecutive games heading in. Uh, they hadn't scored more than 28 points during that, during that time. I think they needed kind of a convincing get-right game on both sides of the ball, and they got one. Uh, and the only thing I'll say is, and you know, we can debate this a little bit, I'm still waiting for Trevor Lawrence to look like a generational talent. I'm, like I've been wait- I know that it was against the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo looked okay against the Rams a couple weeks ago, and I don't think anyone will say that he looks like a generational talent. I'm just waiting for flashes we've seen it we've seen flashes from mac jones we've seen flashes from justin fields we've seen flashes from zach wilson i have not seen any flashes from trevor lawrence i would like to know where those flashes from zach wilson were because I... okay fair enough <laughs> let's take zach wilson off the table we'll take we'll take zach wilson i forgot i was, with, they, you. I was take, with you with mac yeah. jones and uh and trey Lance, I, I was but... I was somewhat impressed with the first half of the. I mean, not that we. I guess we can just talk about the Jets, but I was somewhat impre- uh, impressed with their with their first half performance, and I thought Zach Wilson looked okay during that first half, and then and then it all fell apart. But. I, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence does not look great this year this year at all. So I'll, I'll grant you that. I think I think he needs a little more time because, again, you know, I think if you were to flip. Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, uh, their teams. I think that Trevor Lawrence would be looking. Oh, uh, just as good as Mac Jones. Exceptional. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard to say, but I think he would <laughs> he would be as good, if not better. I think, but okay. Obviously, we can't can't know that, but we'll see. I think with a little more a little more talent, a little more experience, I think this team is going to be a lot better than two yeah. and ten. And the jury's still out, right? Like he, you know, the, yep. his whole we're not going to know how good or bad he's going to be within one year. So. So we'll do one more game before we take a break. And this game, actually, this was this was not a game that I was really interested in, but it ended up being a really good game that came down to the wire. Washington football team eking out the Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams now 6-6, six and six, like we said earlier. The Washington football team now two games behind the Dallas Cowboys for uh, NFC East supremacy. The Raiders, I mean, the Raiders had a chance. They almost They almost came back, and it just was not to be. Uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, looking like Cooper Cup Jr., nine receptions, 102 yards. He did he did really well. Uh, Foster Moreau, not so good in uh, in place of Darren Waller. He had one reception for 34 yards, very much not good. And I'll say the, the Washington football team feels a little like the Denver Broncos because they have uh, some serious talent yep. on offense. And I feel like, you know, I I was all about Taylor Heineke earlier in the year, and then I I made a 
public announcement that I was off the bandwagon. And I still feel that way. I mean, he's he's got the right attitude, but he reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield. Like he's got the he's got the swagger, he's got the confidence, he's got the chip on his shoulder, but he just doesn't quite have the talent that you need yeah. to, to put you over the top. Even though he's surrounded, and it's similar situation. He's got a decent defense, and he's got a lot of talent around him, and it just feels like they don't make the most of what they could be. Well, I will dispute that. I don't think that Baker Mayfield really has that much talent around him, other than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But you know, well, but it, it, he did. I, it, uh, yeah, Jarvis, I guess so. Jarvis Landry. He had Beckham. Austin Hooper's good. Nah. I mean, Njoku has been. He's had flashes. I mean. And Joku and Austin Hooper are like, and they have one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line. Of football I'll give you the right offensive now. line. I'll give you the offensive line. I just, Jar, I've never Jarvis Landry's an okay wide receiver. I, I've never been like in the camp that he's a great wide receiver. I, I, you know, but that's neither here nor there. He's had some good seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and Odell Beckham Jr. seems like it's working out well with uh, Matt. Uh, you know, at least better already in LA. So I, you know, I don't want to make excuses for Baker Mayfield. So you know he. He's had enough talent where he should be doing better than he's has been doing. So yeah. that's that's the bottom line. Uh, as far as Taylor Heineke, yeah, I you know he's he's kind of a backup. Uh, I, I, that's how I look at him, you know, and, and a good backup. That's what you want. You want a guy who can come out and win you five or six games. But that's about where I think he hits the wall a little bit, and and I think you're starting to kind of see the, the wheels come off of a little bit of, of from him. But at the same time. Listen, the Washington football team heading into after week eight, they were two and six. You know, since then, they've reeled off four consecutive wins. And now it looks like anything's possible. They they have a huge, huge home game coming up this weekend against the Cowboys, where if they can they can find a way to beat the Cowboys this weekend, man, it, it's it's any anyone's division at this point. So uh, hats off to Washington and the Raiders. It, you just gotta wait till next season. It 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 sucks. It's been a really rough year, and um, yeah. just gotta get to the end. Go ahead and take your kids to to Cancun or wherever you're gonna go, and uh, get back to training, and hopefully, can kind of wipe this season away and start over next year. Yeah, just thinking about it, I think I would put Baker Mayfield, Taylor Heineke, and Gardner Minshew all yep. in sort of that same yeah that same tier of quarterback. Baker Mayfield being, I guess, the best of the bunch. Uh, arguably, but it just feels like they're all kind of that, you know, they're fun to, they're fun to watch. They're, they're uh, hot, you know, they play hot, they play heated, they get emotional and they just, but they just are not, just don't, they're just missing that, that next level, that next gear in performance on the field. So the next gear is a perfect way to put it because I think they've all shown talent, but then when the defenses kind of figure things out, they haven't found that next gear to hit. Cause yep. oh, but can you, can you guard this now? Yeah, you know, and that's the issue. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a great game, Washington-Dallas next week. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We have a few more games to get to and uh, some other stuff. Uh, make no mistake or give me a break, and then we have to make our week 14 picks. So a lot, lot to do. Stick around. We'll be right back on the Benchwarmers Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Podcast. Follow along with us on the Benchwarmers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Benchformers Podcast, where being all talk is actually a good thing. Now, back to the action. Or talk, I guess. Welcome 
back to the program, everyone. I am Louis Cheery. That is Jose Ortiz, and this is the Veteran Women's Podcast already in progress. If you missed the first segment of the show, you can go back and listen to iHeartRadio, Amazon, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, at the Veteran Women's Podcast, at the on Twitter, or go to theventurewomers.com. This is Season 2, Episode 31, our 81st show overall. Moving right along. And speaking of moving along, we have to move along in the extra point. We go through each and every game so your team doesn't feel left out, even though some of them probably should be. Like our next team, the Houston Texans, getting just goose-egged by the Indianapolis Colts. Colts now 7-6, and six, Houston 2-10. and 10. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought that this game was going to be a little closer than it was. I thought division game, the Texans have shown flashes of mediocrity. I'll say over the course of the year. And I think it may or may not have something to do with, I guess the tight end for Houston, Farrell Brown was trash talking. I don't know why you would trash talk the Indianapolis Colts, but apparently he was doing a lot of talking and I guess the Colts took issue with that. And they, and they put it, they put that bullet into more material to use on the field, blanking the Texans 31 to nothing. Not, not a lot to say. I mean, it, this sort of just Jonathan Taylor's amazing. Yeah, Carson Warrens is serviceable, and the Texans are terrible. I I hadn't heard the, the that Farrell Brown was uh talking trash, yeah. talking trash. I it's like I I just don't understand. Like you're on the Texans, like why? <laughs> like it's not even about how good you are individually. Like you're on the Texans. There's nothing to talk trash about. Yeah. I feel like the Texans, the Lions, and the Jets are in a battle royale every week to see who the worst team in the NFL is, and the Texans won by a lot this week. Uh, they yeah. are just bad. They had 57 total passing yards. Um, Colts just took care of business. Nothing else to say here. Yeah, if you're if you're two and ten, you should not talk trash. Uh, yep. Another team uh, you just mentioned them. The New York Jets are now three and nine. Uh, yeah. So that's that's impressive, I guess. They lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, 33-18, which is just a very bizarre score. But Eagles now six and seven. Uh, Jets, I said, three and nine. And this game, I mean, went about as expected. I think the Eagles are ascending. The Jets are just the Jets. Um, Gardner Minshew, we talked about yeah. him just before the break. He he made an appearance. He he played well. 20-25, 242 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, not not great. He had four carries for 11 yards, but not bad. Uh, he made Dallas Goddard look really good, who had six receptions for 105 yards and those aforementioned two touchdowns. The Jets, I mean, Zach Wilson, I guess. I mean, you mentioned that he looked good in the first half. I maybe I tuned in he a little late. Okay, yeah. I want to. I want to. He looked okay. I saw some flashes <laughs> in the first. Okay. Half, so I'll say. I saw. You're right. Like I'm overstating it. I saw some flashes. I saw a couple of throws where I was like, oh, okay, all right, Zach. Yeah. And then and then and then it was not that way at all. <laughs> yeah, not not much to say here. I mean, you know, Eagles are getting better. Jets are getting worse. So, I mean, the only thing I think uh, the only thing I'll add here is I, I the biggest story to me is is, is Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know, yep. where you're the Eagles. You're in playoff position because the 49ers and Vikings lost. So, I mean, basically, if both those teams lose and the Eagles win this coming week, the Eagles, oh, no, because they're on bye. But if the Eagles win when they come back. Then they're in the they're in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts had was fourteen of thirty one for one hundred twenty nine yards at three interceptions against the Giants the week before. Yeah. The Giants aren't a great team; they're a decent defense. 
So I so from the Eagles going into this bye week, I, I'm really thinking hard about you know what are my goals. If my goal is to make the playoffs, then I'm probably starting Gardner Minshew. If my goal is to see what I have at the quarterback position, I guess I'm starting Jalen Hurts. But I think it's a tough decision right now. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, Gardner Minshew, it's a smaller sample size, obviously, but he looks more like, he looks like a better overall quarterback than Jalen yeah, Hurts. Absolutely. He just looks like, I mean, he, and keep in mind, he was a starting quarterback for the Jaguars. I mean, he only lost his job. I mean, they, they did not play well, but, I, you know, Trevor Lawrence, even though you don't believe it, is but, touted yeah. to be a generational talent. So they, they went with Trevor and they dumped Gardner. And I think Gardner Minshew could still be a quality starter somewhere. Maybe not, you know, not he'd be in that mid tier. Yeah. You know, probably mid to low tier, but still in that second tier of quarterbacks. And I think you're right. I think they have a lot of thinking to do because he looked good, especially with just it being his first start of the year. I thought that he played really well. I mean, again, granted against the Jets, but still he played he played pretty good. Uh, you mentioned it before. Jalen Hurts had three interceptions against New York Giants. Well, uh, Mike Lennon had one interception <laughs> against the Dolphins for the Giants, losing to the Dolphins twenty to nine. Uh, Giants now four and eight. Dolphins, Dolphins quietly creeping up six and seven. You know they they started off pretty terribly and they've been slowly improving. And I think uh, saving their coach's job. Tua Tua looked. Good. I mean, he looked he looked pretty good. I'll say thirty of forty one, two hundred and forty four yards, two touchdowns, and more importantly, no interceptions. It feels like Tua's kind of had a really dumb looking interception in a lot of games this year, and this time he did not. I think Jalen Waddle is starting to break out if he's not already there. Nine receptions for ninety yards, and I I do I will say I had a, an idea that you know Devontae Parker is probably a better receiver than we give him credit for. I think he's just been kind of in a he's been hurt a lot, and he's been kind of in a that, you know, mired Dolphins uh, muck for the last couple of years. But he he is an exceptional receiver. Yeah, I, the, the the Dolphins in general, I, I feel like they're they have more. They're just kind of gelling. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe it was two of being hurt at the start of the year. I, I don't really know what it was. It just felt like they didn't get out of the gate the right way. I think they were one and six at one point or something like that. So they, they just. It seems like their offense is kind of figuring things out and they're getting better as the season goes going along. Uh, it, it does help when you get to play the Giants and, you know, the, without their starting quarterback, who was not that good to begin with anyway. So and then they're all banged up at wide receiver and Saquon Barkley is a shell of, him, of his former self. So like all these different things. But look, in order to be a good team in the NFL, you have to beat teams like the Giants. Yep. And that's and I think. Right now, we're seeing the Dolphins grow, and listen, they, they can make they can make a move forward next year if they can keep this this momentum going. I think it's a little bit late to get excited for anything this season, especially in the AFC, but something to build off for next year. Yeah, and Mike Kosicki, their tight, the Dolphins' tight end, I think is it should be featured a little more. He is he is an impressive guy to watch. And I know there's a lot of good tight ends in the league, but I think he's he's a little underrated. I and I'll, I'm going to say this. As a question, but it could also be a statement. Saquon Barkley bust. Starting to look like it. I mean, it. I I think he's done enough where he's going to get another contract somewhere. Like no one's going to be like, Saquon's twenty five years old out of the league. Like there's no that's not going to happen. But the the 
the whole generational talent thing that we saw from Saquon, it kind of feels like a distant memory at this point. Yeah, I mean, he had a good rookie year, and then he he hurt his knee uh, week three of last year, and it just feels like he has not been the same ever since. And, you know, watching this game, they had to, I mean, obviously they had to rely on him because Mike Glennon is uh, not good. And he just, it just felt like he, I was more impressed when I saw Devontae Booker carrying the ball. He felt like he had more burst and more speed, which is not something you want to say when comparing Devontae Booker to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it's, I kind of wonder if the the answer is that Saquon Barkley just in the Giants don't, don't, you know, they don't continue their, you know, their uh, relationship. And then he just, and Saquon just goes to signs with another team and kind of, tries to resurrect his career someplace else. I just think that they've kind of, it's kind of run its course here in New York. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it, what was a stunning upset, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the, my takeaway this, this week was good for the Detroit Detroit. Now one ten and one, which I, I'm curious if that's the first time that record has ever been held by anyone <laughs> Probably. in NFL history. They upset the Minnesota Vikings 29, 27 with a, Walk-off touchdown by Jared Goff, which was an amazing. I mean, the Vikings came down and scored with two minutes to go, and then Jared Goff just uh, – he I don't know. He he decided he could be a great quarterback. He threw three touchdowns. He had one interception, 296 yards, and just – it was amazing. I think uh, TJ Hawkinson is also a, just an unbelievable tight end that no one really knows about because he's on the Lions – and granted, you know, Vikings were without uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, Justin Jefferson, and without uh, Adam Thielen. So they were they were hurting a little bit. Justin Jefferson just continues to just dominate the He's world. So 11 He's receptions. So Every time I see him put up a game like this, I think of when you you were you were on his bandwagon coming out of LSU. And man, you hit that <laughs> nail on the head. 11 receptions, 182 yards and a touchdown. Just ridiculous unstoppable force justin jefferson and that's why i'm so upset about baker mayfield because usually when i'm on like when i identify a player and it doesn't happen often but when i identify a player like this guy is going to be great i'm usually i usually pretty good with that so baker really disappointed me there but either way uh i I digress disappointed a lot of people yeah yeah that's fair but uh yeah, look, you kind of knew it was going to happen for the Lions eventually. They they got close to wins a couple times this season. I actually think that I think actually it was against the Vikings earlier this year where the Vikings escaped with a last second uh, field goal uh, to get the win. The Ravens too. The Ravens, yeah, as well. It's just a. I I don't think I would have picked this game to end in such a dramatic fashion. It like when when the Vikings were trailing in the game early, I was like, oh man, looks like the Lions are gonna. You know, they're gonna they're gonna hold on and win this, and then when the then when the Vikings took the lead, I was like, okay, all right, you know, the Vikings, you know, it's late, the Lions aren't gonna do anything. So to me, I'm looking at the Vikings defense here. How on earth do you get the lead with a minute 55 seconds left against the Jared Goff led Lions and lose on a two minute drill last second touchdown? You're fighting for the playoffs here. Your offense gets you the lead with under two minutes left against a winless football team. How on earth do you let that happen? Yeah, and uh, Minnesota drops to five and seven. I think they're now ninth in the playoff standings, so they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, and it's it's not looking good. So it's it's yeah. it's a tough was, tough 
tough loss. That's that's I'm I, I'm excited for Detroit, and I'm just the the Vikings just continue to baffle me. It's like yep. that you know they play they just play up and down to their competition. It just feels yep. like every single game. Yep. In another very surprising outcome, uh, Los Angeles Chargers putting a beatdown on yep. the Cincinnati Bengals. This game shocked me. Chargers now seven and five. Bengals seven and five. And uh, you know Justin Herbert, who's someone I've kind of been riding his his yeah. high horse since his rookie year. Three touchdowns, one interception, 317 yards. Uh, Mike Williams showing up like he did earlier in the season, five receptions, 110 yards. You know, Joe Burrow hurt his pinky in this game, so I think that had a big effect on him. And we saw, you know, Jamar Chase kind of held in check a little bit, five receptions, 52 yards, no touchdowns. But still, I mean, the, the Chargers almost doubling up the Bengals at home. I was very surprised. Yeah, I kind of feel like the Bengals keep failing tests. You know, in week five, they lost to the to, to Green Bay. You know, we were starting to feel good about them. They lost to Green Bay. Week nine, you know, feeling good about where they're going, and they get blown out by the Cleveland Browns, who that's really saying a lot now. And now they lay an egg against the Chargers, and it's it's these types of performances that kind of have me worried about them making any sort of postseason run. If they happen to get in right now, I think they're the number seven seed. Then they're they're in position to get in. But it, you can't keep failing these types of tests. You can't you can't keep losing when you go against a team that's good, and that's and that, and that's what the Bengals, with the exception of their win against the Ravens a couple weeks ago, and I guess you can call last week's win against or two weeks ago against uh, the Steelers. I, all along, yeah. I don't consider the Steelers to be a good team. So I just I, I'm. I'm wondering if the Bengals are maybe just a year away from really breaking out and we're just kind of seeing glimpses of what could be. But and speaking of that, the Chargers, I mean, this is a statement win and just a reminder of just how good they can be when they get when they get it rolling. It's unfortunate they haven't been able to get it rolling consistently week to week. Yeah, and the char I mean the Chargers have the talent to to make a deep, deep playoff run. If they can continue to play like this, then they're gonna be scary come the playoffs. The Bengals yeah, I don't know. I think I think the Joe Burrow injury really did did some damage uh, to the team, not just his finger. But uh, they have a big test coming up with your 49ers. I think that's yeah. a that's a that's a, a very 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 interesting game to look forward to. And that's that actually we're going to bring that up in a little bit. So a little more a little more foreshadowing for you. Uh, another game we don't have to spend a lot of time on. Arizona Cardinals continue to roll. Kyler Murray comes back and looks decent. 11 of 15, 123 yards, two touchdowns. They beat the Chicago Bears, or the Andy Dalton-led Chicago Bears. Uh, 33-22, Dalton throws four interceptions, proving that he is still Andy Dalton. And the Bears are just not good, and the Cardinals are. That's really just not a whole lot of analysis in this game. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing else to really add other Andy Dalton just... I can't even believe that he's still an excellent NFL starter, which just tells you how hard it is to find quarterbacks. Well, just, Justin Fields is hurt, so it's good. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. He's, technically, yeah. he's the backup. He just... Yeah, nothing else to add. Yeah. Although, I would have Andy Dalton over Mike Lennon. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Not by much, but yeah. Yeah, not that that's a great analysis. <laughs> but And finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, my my call for MVP this year uh, showing why he should be MVP 368 yards four touchdowns he had one ridiculous pick six interception at the end of the half that was just I feel like he just got lazy and you know just wanted to remind everybody that he is still human 
but he I think he's now 10 and 0 against Atlanta in his career. Uh, him and Rob Gronkowski, I think they have now 90 uh, touchdown touchdowns between the two of them uh, in the regular season. No, it's just Gronk. I don't understand Atlanta. I mean, I know Atlanta's defense is not good, but you cannot have single man coverage on Rob Gronkowski. He's six five, six six, two sixty, and Tom Brady's throwing him the ball. That is just asinine defensive. I mean, I will, I will, I will just counter here that. I don't know that you can double Rob Gronkowski when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, Chris Godwin had himself, had himself a game. I, like, he, career high in receptions, 15 receptions for 143 yeah. yards. So you, you, like, you're, you make a good point. How are you going to double? How are you going <laughs> to double Gronk? <laughs> like, uh, maybe zone? I, I don't know. There's yeah. got to, but you can't. It's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the problem that the, the Buccaneers really put, you know, that's the qu- the quandary that they put defenses in, right? Like we're, Hey, yeah, we don't want to let Rob Gronkowski run because no one can cover this guy single single cover him when uh, Tom Brady's putting the ball exactly where he wants to put it. But you can say the same thing about every single offensive player on the team, and they don't even have Antonio Brown back, who's going to be uh, out for three games because of uh, faking uh, having a fake COVID vaccination card. But whatever the case may be, either way. Um, but still, so I've just yeah, not a lot to say uh, other than. The, the Bucks are just better than the Falcons. The Falcons are just a bad team, and uh, yeah, there's nothing else to say. Surprised yeah, it was and surprised it was this know, close. Calvin Calvin Ridley still yeah. missing in action. You know, it's just a shame. Russell Gage showing up big though. I will say he looks good. Eleven receptions, 130 yards. Kyle Pitts, you know, he's had flashes, but so far does not look like the number four pick overall. So fair enough. I don't know. The, yeah, the the, the Falcons. We'll see. I mean, he looks better. He did look better when Calvin Ridley is out there. It's 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 tough to have an offense when your number one, two, and three option are like your like when your number one option is uh, the tight end, and there's not really a strong wide receiver or running back option out there. Not to make excuses for him, but he hasn't looked great. But when he did look good, is because there was Calvin Ridley was out there, kind of kind of almost like Tyree Hill takes some some attention away from uh, Travis Kelsey. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Cordell Patterson helps, but yeah, he's not exactly, uh, yeah. he's not Calvin Ridley. So, yep. all right. And that is the extra point. So uh, each and every game, each and every team we went through and we got some analysis more, some more than others for obvious reasons. So let's jump right into make no mistake or give me a break and then we'll take a break. Speaking of, and then we'll come back and we have to make our week 14 picks. So uh, Jose, you kicking or receiving your make no mistake. Uh, I'll kick and I'll just piggyback off something you just said, uh, kind of on an offhanded comment. Jonathan Taylor deserves to win MVP. I, yeah, I mean, you have to say, I mean, I think that offensive line deserves to win MVP, but since that is not a possibility, I think that it's make no mistake. I mean, he's he's easily the best running back in the league right now, and it's not particularly close. Yeah, I think it's make no mistake. Just be like, what what would this Colts team be without Jonathan Taylor playing the way he is? I'm not sure exactly what his pace is, and I know that um, last year Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards and didn't get the MVP, so I don't really quite know what Jonathan Taylor could do to yeah. actually win the MVP this year. But I, he definitely deserves votes, and I, I, I kind of think he deserves to win it outright. Yeah, and you're right. It does. I mean, I, there is the, the difference, I guess, is that 
there's no Aaron Rodgers having a career year yeah. at quarterback. You know, there's not yeah. I mean, Brady, depending on what Brady does in the reg- the rest of the regular season, Brady might take that title from him um, just because it's been a quarterback. You know, it's been a quarterback award for the last, what, nine years? You know, the last <laughs> non-quarterback to win was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Jonathan Taylor has 16 rushing touchdowns right now with five games left to play. And... He has 1,348 rushing yards. Yeah. Like, if you just ended the season right there, yeah. it's like, wow, what a great year from Jonathan Taylor. He's got five more games. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. Uh, my first make no mistake. Give me a break. The Chiefs, as I mentioned earlier, foreshadowing the Chiefs, are back to being a Super Bowl candidate contender in the AFC. That's a make no mistake. Uh, they, they, to me, are now the best team in the AFC. I just, I feel well, like. Just based on what I've been seeing over the last few weeks, I believe in them more than I believe in the New England Patriots, who would probably be my number two seed, honestly, if I'm thinking about it right now. Uh, and I believe in them more than the Bills, who the Bills are a little bit more one-dimensional. The The Chiefs win in different ways, so give me the Chiefs. Yeah, make no mistake. Yeah, I think it's make no mistake, too. I don't know if they're the best team in the AFC. I mean, I think, honestly, I think if the Chargers play up to their full potential, I think that they can be a better team than the Chiefs. At this point, you know, all, all around. But, you know, maybe I'm overstating. I, I don't know. I, the problem is I don't know that they can play up to their potential because they seem to have this kind of up and down, mm-hmm. you know, volatility throughout the course of the year. While the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs had a, maybe a five-game span where we were kind of like scratching our heads a little bit. But it seems like they're, you know, their defense is stepping up, like you mentioned a couple times already. And their offense, I mean, you have to believe that their offense is going to find their rhythm pretty soon. Absolutely. All right, so my making my final one is uh, the Washington football team will make the playoffs. Currently, the number five seed with the six and six record. I mean, I'm sorry, number six seed with the six. And yeah, six I was going to say, I think okay, yeah. So they're sixth. Yeah, and, uh, that's. So I mean, the Niners are right below them with six and six. The Eagles are six and seven, right below the Niners, mm-hmm. and then Minnesota is down there at five and seven. So. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'm going to say make no mistake. You know, I, I thought that the Eagles were going to creep into the playoffs. And, you know, I, I kind of said way earlier in the season that the Saints were going to fall out of playoff contention. And that's looking like a reality. I didn't I didn't foresee Washington kind of bumping up, especially after the injury to Chase Young. But they're I mean, they're a good coach team with a lot of talent. So I, I think that they sneak in. I'm going to say give me a break uh, just because I, I feel like. I feel like the Vikings are gonna are gonna find the way to get back in. I I, I you know I, they I do, should. You know, Vikings, I, find, I think, are know, a better team. I think they're gonna find a way, and I think the I mean, foreshadowing our picks. I, I think Washington loses this week against the Cowboys and kind of kind of go get put back in their place yeah, a, little, a little bit. A little market correction. Yeah. Yeah, and and then and then we kind of reassess from there. But I'm not saying I'm gonna pick. I, I'm just not picking the Vikings. I'm not picking the 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 Washington football team to make it. So yeah, I'm gonna say give me a break. All right, and my other make the mistake, uh, the Rams are now back to being a Super Bowl candidate contender in the NFC. Yeah, I guess you could say make no mistake. Uh, I, 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 like if there was somewhere to hedge between make no mistake and give me a break, I think I'd probably pick that one. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think this is the team when they're playing at their best, they could be just as good. As, they're just as good as any team in the NFC. They seem to have a lower floor than some of the other top NFC teams. But I, I, I still think that, yes. So, yeah, 
make no mistake, they're definitely Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I think it's I think it's make no mistake, and I I I think that the Rams could be poised to do something sort of like the Bucks did last year, where they were seven and five, and then they just never lost the game after that. And if they start rolling, they start clicking, and you know Matt Stafford just continues to be what he was this last week. And that defense plays up to what it should be, where Jalen Ramsey gets, you know, an interception, and Aaron Donald is just Aaron Donald. You're right. I I don't know. They they have the potential to beat any of the teams that are above them right now: the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys. So the, the thing about, I mean, I, I don't put the Cowboys in this group. No offense, but I the, when I look at the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Bucks, they are like they and the Rams. They when they play at their best, they can beat any of those teams. So it's just like. Which team is going to be at their best on the right day? Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes you want to pick the Bucks because it's Brady. But yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. That's it's <laughs> going to be some good playoffs. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So that is make no mistake or give me a break. And speaking of breaks, we are going to take one and come back and make our week fourteen picks. So stick around. We'll be right back on the Benchwarmers podcast. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers podcast. Follow along with us on the Benchwarmers podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the Benchwarmers podcast with Lou and Jose. Welcome back to the program, everyone. I am still Lou Ruggieri. That is still Jose Ortiz. And this is still the Benchwarmers podcast. Rounding out, wrapping up season two, episode 31. You can go and listen to all of our previous shows if you'd like. iHeartRadio, Amazon Anchor, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show has flown by. We had a bye week last week, and we're coming out firing and swinging this week. Uh, went through the extra point. Uh, each and every game, we went over and gave you some analysis and synopsis of those games and our takeaways from each and every one of those. Play, we played Make No Mistake or Give Me a Break, our true-false segment. So go back and listen to that. A lot of fun. And now, Jose, we took last week off, so we're just going to kind of recap our standings up to this point, and then we're going to make our picks for Week 14. So where are we right now, just as a reminder for uh, well, the audience and me, actually? Yeah, so for put your money where your mouth is, this is our weekly where weekly uh, segment where we pick one team against the you know with the spread yes. uh, to win or lose. You're just killing me right here. You're currently <laughs> seven and four. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that can't be right because it's all. Either way, you're seven and four, and I'm I'm three and eight. That's it. All right. I'll and take I'm, it. <laughs> yeah, you're seven and four, and I'm three and, and then eight. Ov- overall, our so overall the- standings. Our overall standings, I am 105, 74, and 1, and you are 104, 75, and 1. So I'm one game up. You're just destroying me and put your money wherever your mouth is, but you're <laughs> not so far off with week 14 picks. All right. With our, so, with our, with our weekly picks, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's make our – and this, I will say, our put your money where your mouth is bet, this is an unprecedented – occurrence <laughs> where we yeah. so just just behind the scenes to pull back the curtain not that anyone really cares that much but you know jose and i make our picks kind of without really checking in with each other and sometimes if we have the same pick the same way we'll switch it up at the very end but generally we kind of make our picks without telling one another so this week we jumped on the same game at the same time and we each picked a different side which is unprecedented never happened before and i'm actually really excited yeah. So, um, and actually, I want to make a correction. Uh, I'm three and nine, and you're seven and five. 
with okay. the picture money in your mouth is I knew that there was something off with the math. And I just happened to take a look at our old and I just wrote it down incorrectly. So you're 75. I'm three and nine. My week 14 pick is the 49ers plus one over the Bengals. There's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's like a lot of thought going into it other than <laughs> I think the 49ers are going to win this game. They got a plus one bonus, uh, a plus one. Uh, they're getting a, you know, they're getting one. So if I think they're going to win, they're getting one. I should take them. So. Yeah, and I'm taking the Bengals. I think they're going to bounce back to that that embarrassing loss to the Chargers this week. I think they're at home and minus one. I mean, it's and it's basically a pick'em game. So, I think the Niners are a very good team, but I think the Bengals can be better. Absolutely. So, All, right. All right. All right. On so, to week 14 picks. This is just win loss. Yep. And we'll just bang bang through them. All right. So Steelers at Vikings Thursday night football. I've got the Vikings. Who you got? Oh, I, these two teams are just <laughs> so hard to pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I don't know if I don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to be back. Adam Thielen is a question mark, and the Steelers defense. You know, T.J. Watt's back, Minka Fitzpatrick's back, and I, I think that the Steelers in prime time can can show up. Okay. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is a, this is kind of a toss-up game. I have no idea what to expect because neither team is very consistent from week to week. So we have no idea who we're going to see on the field. Cowboys at Washington football team. Uh, I'm going to go Dallas. I mean, I know it's, it's it sounds like a homer call because I've, I've been a Cowboys fan. But I think that a division game, I think that the Cowboys kind of realized that this is important. And I think Dak writes the ship against... Not not a not a bad Washington defense, but not you know a, a world beating, dominating you know steel curtain type defense either. Yeah, this is where the Cowboys to me have a chance to kind of like just like this is our division, right? Like you know we we are, this is would we'll say what you want. Maybe we're not the best team in the NFC, but we are the best team in the NFC East, and you, you get this is how you prove it. You go you go to Washington. You beat them, and you know, and you and you basically take the division right from their grasp, uh, right on the, on their own home field. That's what you do if you're the better team, and I expect the Cowboys to do that. Jaguars at Titans. Jaguars. I mean, you got to go Titans, right? I mean, the yeah. Jaguars. It's division game, so who knows? But I think the Jags are. You know, they they had that anomaly against the Bills, but I think that they're going to kind of correct back to being the Jaguars. If I were more courageous, I would have taken the Jaguars here just because I feel like there could be an upset, but I, I'm not courageous enough to do that, so I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, Seahawks at Texans. Oh. I've got the Seahawks here. I think the Seahawks are the better team, um, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think I might take the... I, I am curious what uh what the line is on that i didn't actually i don't remember what it said i can look that up in a second but just actually very curious because i think i would take the texans the texans are plus seven i think i would take the texans with oh yeah the points there Mm. but since we're just doing win loss i'll I'll go seahawks all right raiders at chiefs i'm gonna go chiefs i think the raiders you know the raiders had that big win against the chiefs last year where they kind of blew them out but i think that that was a that was last year, and this year I think they're going in opposite directions. I could, This is at home, too. I could really see the Chiefs kind of putting up a big score here, like yeah. just really uh, kind of, you know, we. Uh, anyone who's been listening to the show throughout the year knows that we've been, or throughout the football season, knows when we've been talking about, like, what is and isn't a statement win. 
And uh, I'm predicting a statement victory for the Chiefs this coming when, uh, this coming week. How about the Saints at the Jets? I think it's the Saints here. Uh, just, but the Saints had, you know, the Saints look pretty ugly uh, yeah. this week. So I, I don't. I, but I'm still, you know, having the extra rest because it was a Thursday game. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, I think I think this is a blowout for the Saints. I think. You know, Taysom Hill in his first start kind of got a bad draw because he, he, you know, he happened to go up against Stefan or uh, not Stefan Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs, who is just a ball hawk this year and doing like a Deion Sanders impersonation. Mm-hmm. And the, the Saints defense, I think, shows up and, you know, they eat Zach Wilson alive. So I think mm-hmm. that Taysom Hill gets gets right. And even if even if he doesn't throw that much, he's still a weapon on the ground. So I think it's I don't even think it's particularly close in the Saints. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Saints as well. Falcons at Panthers. I I think I'm going to take the Falcons here. Wow. Um, this is only because I just I don't think the Saints are going to the, the Panthers are going to be very good with Cam Newton at quarterback. No Christian McCaffrey. Uh, like I, I just I I don't really expect a lot, and so I'm I'm going to just take the Falcons here. Not that the Falcons look great, but yeah, this is in it's in Atlanta or it's in Carolina. It's in Carolina. I'll t- I'll take the, I'll take the Panthers. All right. I think I think Chuba Hubbard is is an excellent fill in for McCaffrey. I don't I still don't believe Cam Newton is a very good quarterback, but I also don't think that the Falcons are a very good defense. So I think at home, I think Cam can you know he's an emotional guy. He'll ride he'll ride the wave, and I think they'll find a way to win. Okay, I, I can definitely buy that. Uh, Ravens at the Browns. This is a really interesting game. The Ravens have not looked great. Uh, Lamar Jackson has really struggled over the last few weeks. Uh, But the Browns, (laughs) I mean, everything you could just, basically whatever I said about the Ravens, you can just say about the Browns. They haven't looked great. Uh, Baker Mayfield struggled over the last few weeks. I think I want to take, you know, I think I'm, I'm, going the the Ra- I'm, I'm going the Ravens. Just I'm going so. the Browns here. Right. I started off thinking the Ravens. But actually, you know, the Browns are on a bye. They're coming back. They've been waiting for the Ravens. The Ravens are just kind of struggling last few weeks on offense. You know what? I'm switching. I'm taking the Ravens. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I hate when and I want to make the switch now because it'll be sometimes on a Wednesday or Thursday where I'm like, you know, I want to switch my pick. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no one listening to me. At that time, so I can't I can't switch my pick then. All right, uh, Giants at Chargers. Chargers, obviously, here, right? Yeah, that's that's gonna be embarrassing. Yeah. All right, Lions at Broncos. Can the Lions actually get on a win streak? Broncos aren't very good either, so uh, I think I'm gonna take the Broncos. This is this is at home. You know, the Broncos are at home, but man, the Broncos are just not. They're <laughs> they're only a few steps above the Lions, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna go Broncos. I think that their defense kind of puts the clamps down, and it's at home. I think if it was in Detroit, I might think differently, but it's not. Here's a hypothetical for you: If the Broncos had Jared Goff as their quarterback instead of Teddy Bridgewater, are they a better team? Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we found someone who's worse than Jared Goff. All right, <laughs> uh, 49ers at Bengals. I've already taken the 49ers, and you've already taken the Bengals. I presume unless you're thinking it's going to be a tie no 
I'm going to go Bengals. <laughs> okay. Maybe the game of the week here. Oh, well, there's another one coming down here. But Bills at Bucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the Bucks here. I'm taking the I, Bucks. I think the yeah. Bucks can win in multiple ways. And the Bills, I feel like they can only win in a shootout. And so I'm going to take the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it all year. I mean, the Bills, the Bills are, uh, they just feel very one-dimensional. And, yep. you know, I, I think that the Bucks are not. The Bucks have, you know, proven that, you know, especially Leonard Fournette in recent weeks has proven yeah. that he's, he's been a much better pass catcher out of the backfield. And that's Brady's bread and butter. So, I mean, that serves as their running game. And honestly, it's something that the Bills should take up. They should take a page out of Brady's book, you know. Singletary and Matt Breida and Moss are not great runners between the tackles. I mean, Singletary shows flashes, but they should just make the short pass game their run game and just be done with it. I don't know what yeah. what's stopping them, but I'll take the books at home. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested to, interested to see what the Bills do this offseason uh, at running back or offensive line to kind of a, address the one-dimensional uh, nature of their offense. But either, yeah, Bucks for the pick this week. Sunday Night Football. Not the greatest game. I'm surprised they didn't flex out of this. Bears at Packers. Hmm. I mean, I guess it's a divisional game, so I guess... It's the oldest rivalry in football, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Rivalry, really. Well, it was. Like a hammer and a nail have a rivalry, I guess. (laughs) It it was. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm guessing we're both going Packers here. Yeah. And that's that's a shame. Yeah, I I think that that is a good game to flex out of, honestly, because it's not... Especially if it's going to be Andy Dalton again. Like, come on. Let's, I mean, I think they have to make the call a couple weeks in advance. Like, you can't do it now. Uh, but I thought it was. I thought it was pretty recent that they were able to do that. I, I'm gonna. I'll look that up. Yeah, I thought it was like you had to do it like three weeks in advance or something like that. No. Because well, people, start make, people, yeah, people start making like travel plans or whatever the case may yeah. be, and, and I think it's, that's that's probably the issue. But all right, last game Monday Night Football, really good game. Rams at Cardinals. Oh. And I know we were talking about the Rams being back and everything, but I, I'm I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I, I feel like they've been just been playing better football overall. The Rams looked good last week, but I mean this past week, but the Cards have been looking good all season long. So give me the Cards. You know what? I, I'm going to take the Rams in in a little bit of an upset. I think that okay. the Rams they they got embarrassed by the Cardinals earlier in the year, and uh, it was not even close. I mean the Cardinals blew them out, and I think that the Rams have not forgotten that and i think they want some revenge and it's and again it's a divisional game i think maybe they they learned something from that first game about how to contain kyle murray a little better and maybe deandre hopkins a little better and i think you know it's no jj watt which i mean say what you will but you know he was playing in that first game he's not playing now and he does make a big difference against the run so give me give me the rams in the in a bit of an upset so this is going to be a movement week i'm I'm only one week i'm only one game ahead of you and we are different on the vikings and steelers yeah. We differ on the Falcons and Panthers. I've got the Falcons, you've got the Panthers, you've, I've, I've got the Vikings, you've got the Steelers. We differ on the 49ers and Bengals. I've got the 49ers, you've got the Bengals. And then we also differ on the Cards and the Rams. I've got the Cardinals, you've got the Rams. So wow. there's going to be some – there's going to be – I mean, we could just go two and two and all that <laughs> nothing happen. But. It might be a seismic <laughs> shift. We'll see. Yes. You might, you might yeah. start up, build out a, a crazy lead, and I, maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll catch up. But – it's going to be fun. There's a lot of good games coming up, so I'm excited. So we'll touch on those and and a lot more next week, so stick around. Uh, this has been 
Season 2, Episode 31 in the books. You can go and listen for the last time. iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go find us, rate us, review us. We need all the support we can get, and we appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you for listening. For Jose Ortiz, I'm Louis Jeremy, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.